John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus says this, If, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now, one thing is you can't continue in something that you haven't begun in. And living in the word of God is part of life. You've got to continue. I find so many people start with a real experience of God. And it's like the Galatians, oh foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? And they've got all the ideas of what you should do. You know, quiet times in the morning. Miss your quiet time, the devil will get you. I mean, for goodness sake. Anyway, in the mornings is a bad time for me. I'm a night bird, an owl. I, I just, you know, I, I stay up late. I, I, I get up at a reasonable time, you know, I suppose 6.30, 6.40 in the morning. But, but I'm normally up, you know, till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And, and um, I can't understand why people sleep their lives away. Pretty much a waste of time. Um, and, and, you know, but getting up in the morning and, and having a quiet time, I'd end up not, I have to have my caffeine get me going, supercharged. Then the anointing will flow. Um, you know, I'm not one of these people who, who, who kind of is religious. I get up in the morning. If you continue in my word, that's, that's a condition. You, you, look, you continue in the life of Christ and the truth of Christ. Then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But there's a condition on truth setting you free. It's continuing in the word. And if you don't live and continue in the word... You're not going to get any freedom. And I find so many Christians, they take, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you. What do they mean by that? Hey, if you continue in my word, Jesus is the word of God. And you've got to continue in his life. It's not continuing in a philosophy. It's not continuing in a teaching. It's continuing in a person. And that's where people get it all wrong. You see, if Christianity is just a philosophy, it's just one another philosophy in the world. Why not Buddhism? Why not Mormonism? Why not Hindu? They've got their holy books. See, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But continuance in the word is a condition, says Jesus. Very important to understand. Continue in the word. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. And I wanted to just spend some time uh, talking about what sets people free. It's called the gospel. 
the good news. And I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 11. For, says Paul, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And by and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. And to put it in a, a different context, you know, there's a New Living Translation, not the Living Bible, the New Living Translation puts it rather nicely. Um, and I'd like to read it to you. It says this, Now let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and still do now. For your faith is built on this wonderful message. And it is this good news that saves you if you firmly believe it. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. That Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve apostles. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died by now. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. Last of all, I saw him, too long after the others, as though I had been born at the wrong time. For I am the least of all the apostles, and am not worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted the church of God. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results. For I have worked harder than all the other apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach. The important thing is that you believed what we preached to you. That's nice, isn't it? Um, the gospel is the fact that Christ came and he came to deal with sin. The problem is Sin. S-I-N. The problem never has been the devil. 
never was the devil. The problem was sin. Is that plain? Hello? The problem is sin. Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sin. He didn't come to save them from the devil. What we have to preach is the gospel. That's the good news. Hey! He became sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God through him. Not our righteousness, his. He is our righteousness. He is our redemption. He is everything. But it is what he did 2,000 years ago that justifies me. It's not what I do. It's what he did for me. And I'm made holy by his life in me. I'm not made holy by what I do. I'm made holy by what he did for me. That's what's so wonderful. The fact is that Jesus Christ has done it all. And we need to realize that the gospel is a wonderful thing of good news. Now, people do not need to come into church and be scared spitless by idiots telling them they've got devils. Mm, you know, uh, someone just came up to me in the meeting, told me he went to a church and they told him he'd got a religious spirit. For goodness sake. Every demon's religious. Every devil's religious. Every devil's unclean. That's why if you throw water at someone with a devil, the demon flees. He doesn't want to wash. It's an unclean spirit. No. <laughs> oh, just have a sense of humor. Come on, some of you couldn't crack a smile if you tried. <laughs> Spend too long taking yourself seriously. I mean, there's too many people. They've got this idea. Devils, demons. And when you preach the good news of Jesus Christ and the gospel, it's good news. It's there to encourage and lift people up of what Christ has done for us and his life in us, how he's done everything. What we don't want to do is let people become dependent on us. I, I find too many pastors, they want everyone to be dependent upon them. Now, they should be dependent upon the preaching of the word. But as for magic, I don't do it. I just don't do it. Um, I, I preach, teach, and heal. That's what God sent me to do. Preach, teach, and heal. He never sent me to do magic. And I, don't, I keep off magic. You know, if people think that I've got some magic power, I haven't. I've got good news. It's called the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. It's the gospel. You want the power of God in your life? You want to release it? Start preaching the gospel instead of the stupid things you talk about. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. I remember, you know, often Benson Ederhoser built an apartment for my wife and I onto the side of his home because we went there so often and it's still there 
I've got my key to my own apartment in, in Benin City. And, uh, you know, people would come and they would come into the archbishop's house and he'd say, come on, sit down and eat. No, um, archbishop, I'm fasting. He said, I cast that filthy demon out of you, eat. And he'd make them sit there. And one guy argued with him, so he clipped him round the head. Bang. And he said, you sit down and eat. Don't you tell me you're fasting. I break that devil. I liked it. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into deeps? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And in thine heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Do you know, what are you trying to do in trying to get revival? It's not even biblical. I find people pray for revival. Well, there's no biblical base for it. They're praying and praying and praying and praying. What for? If I'm alive, I don't need reviving. You only revive what's dead. So what you're saying to God is I've no life, I don't know your ways, and you're asking God to move when he's not moving anywhere. He's seated in heaven. And Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. They say, oh, you know, we're waiting for a visitation. You had it 2,000 years ago, you numbclut. And I tell you what, if you don't start believing God, you'll get nothing. The gospel is the power of God. You don't need something else. You don't need some new move. You don't need some new experience. There's not something around the corner. God's waiting for you to live the way you should. He's waiting for you to continue in the word, to be a disciple indeed. That brings liberty. And it's a matter of realizing what you've already got. Not, oh, I'm trying to, Get, you know, return heavenly dove from on high. They sing the song. Well, he isn't up there, he's here. He's not coming. Doesn't matter how many times you sing it. The Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost and he never left. Now unto him. Oh. God sent the Holy Ghost. Pentecost came, the church was born. And we're baptized by one spirit into one body. We're alive. We don't need revival. We just need people who preach the gospel that's been forgotten. And the gospel is that Christ died, Christ rose, Christ ascended into heaven, Christ poured out the Holy Ghost, and we have gifts and powers, and we've come to tell people the good news. You can be free. That's the gospel. And they complicate it. What you've got to do, envision what you want. The big house, how many bedrooms? Do you want a swimming pool with it? Oh, increase your self-esteem. And then, you know, let's all pray. Oh, God in heaven, come down. He did. 
tabernacle of God is with men. Hey, we're temples of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible teaches. It's all wrong thinking, wrong teaching, wrong attitude. And your attitude determines your altitude. And some of you are underground. <laughs> you haven't even taken off. You couldn't. Uh, it's terrible. Is that plain? Hello? You know, don't ever get the idea that you have to do something to get God to move again. God has poured out his spirit 2,000 years ago. Everything's finished. Jesus is sitting down. I hear some people say, write books saying that, that Christ is weeping <coughs> over his church. What, crocodile tears? Grow up. Hey, my God is almighty. You know, God is grieving for his... He isn't. He's happy. You know, the joy of the Lord's our strength, not misery. You know, I, I thought it'd be good, the message of truth. Revelation 1.18, let's turn to it quick. You've got your Bible. Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with turning to these things. 1.18. In his death, Jesus stripped Satan of his authority. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen? Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Do you realize who has the keys of death? Jesus. Do you realize you can't die without Jesus opening the door for you to get out of life? You can't die. And don't think the devil can kill you. The devil doesn't have the keys of death. Jesus does. He doesn't have the keys of hell. Jesus does. And he's alive. And I find people, they think, you know, the devil might get me. Or someone dies and they say, the devil killed them. No, the devil didn't kill them. Look, it's appointed unto man once to die. And that appointment you won't miss. You might be late for everything else because the sun didn't come up early enough. But when it comes to the appointment with death, you're going to make it on time. Does that play? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the keys of death and of hell. He has them all. All right? So you don't have to fear. Then in Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I don't live in the domain of the devil. I live in the domain of God. I got translated. People come to me, they say, oh, the devil says this, the devil says that. Thank you for telling me, I never hear him. You live in the wrong realm. About time you got born again, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And the devil don't live there. 
Is that plain? Whosoever is born of God keepeth himself and the wicked one toucheth him not. Why? Because he lives in a different realm. Far above all principality and power. Ephesians 2.19 You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hey, we're a part of the family of God in the kingdom of God. Wonderful. Amen? It's not something I'm believing for. It's something I live in. It's life. I'm alive in him. He lives in me. Not struggling, you know. Oh, the darkness is enveloping me. Help. When I go to these foreign countries, I tell them, I went, when we went, my wife and I went to Cameroon, they told us, yeah, God will never visit Cameroon. There's a dark cloud over Cameroon. God will never do anything in Cameroon. Well, I said, you're liars. What do you mean? I said, God is visiting Cameroon. Huh? I'm here. I've banished the dark cloud from off the nation. Miracles will happen. Of course they did. See, all in the mind. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. What are we giving devil credit for? It's a load of old rubbish. If you believe it, it'll happen for you. If you want to give the devil authority, he'll have it. He's a liar. You're believing his lies. You'll start living them too. Believe the truth and it'll set you free. Continue in the word, not in Pentecostal dogma. <laughs> Instead of sin and guilt and fear, I have salvation righteousness and peace. Ephesians 1, verse 7 to 13. Let me read out. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, I'm not going all the time praying, oh God, forgive me for this. What did I do wrong? Let me explain something about the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son. When I wake up in the morning, and... You know, I was over in America with someone and this brother commented to me. He said, you know, it's so wonderful, he said, to wake up in the morning with the sunshine and blue skies. He said, it's just so wonderful. I said, when you get to my age, it's just wonderful to wake up. <laughs> oh, dear, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but... You, you get people who, who get locked in. Instead of sin and guilt and fear, I have salvation, righteousness and peace. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. It's not according to what I do. Look, when I wake up in the morning, I don't say to, to my heart, heart, pump 
blood to finger. Heart, big toe, short of blood. Pump. It does. It's part of my body. Now, if it got cut off, it wouldn't be. You're part of the body of Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses you from all unrighteousness. It flows through you continuously. I don't have to plead the blood. Help blood! Help blood! Come blood! Hurry up! Me is short of some blood! Help! Art! I mean, you're part of the body of Christ. And when you're in the body, the blood flows through you all the time. It's superstition, you know. Plead the blood. What's that mean? I mean, what does it mean? Plead the blood. Sprinkle the blood. It's voodoo. Superstition. Hey, figure this one out. You know, the blood protects me from the devil. No, it doesn't. His life protects you. Greater is he that's in you. <laughs> Do you know, his blood was shed on Calvary's tree. If you thought uh, after resurrection, when he arose from the dead... The blood was taken to the Father and presented. His heart was broken, the blood flowed out. He's living without blood. You're living because of his blood that was shed for you. Life of the soul is in the blood. Huh? Anyway, uh, they said, well, what about, you know, the children of Israel? They put the blood on the doorposts and lintels. Protected them from the devil. No, it didn't. It protected them from the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord passed over and slew the firstborn of the Egyptians. And it was a sign. But, you know, when they left, when they left Egypt, they didn't, pick up the doorposts and lintels and carry them with them. <laughs> I'm under the blood, I'm under the blood. They didn't do that. Do you know what they did? Everyone ate of the lamb. They had the lamb inside. The protections, the lamb inside, not the doorposts and lintels. They were just brown stains left behind. So I tell every pastor, if you haven't got a degree in theology and you haven't studied, stop calling yourself a pastor, you're a disaster. And if you haven't gone on and done your master's and your doctorate, you have no business being in the pulpit. And you say, oh, but the Holy Spirit's my teacher. Then God made a mistake in setting in the church teachers. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. He set them in the church. You know, in, in Africa, they sell little bottles of water with, with Ribena colouring them. And you can pay 2,000 naira, so that'll tell you where it is, 
in Lagos, 2,000 naira, and you can go home and sprinkle it around the house and it'll drive all the demons out. And then you can buy a bit of cloth for 2,000 naira and hey, put it in your wallet, you'll become a millionaire. At least the guy that flogged them did. <laughs> having, <laughs> having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he pur hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven which are on earth even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're not living in guilt and fear. We live in graciousness. Glory to God, we're Christian. Amen? We're not living, oh, you know, oh, God, you know, if, if I didn't confess some sin, forgive me for sins of commission and sins of omission and sins of dreams. I can't understand people having begun in the flesh, are you now, in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh, says Paul. You know, observations of days, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't do this, don't do that. They always told me that I, I didn't have the personality to be a pastor. I agree. But God calls the things that are not as though they were. <laughs> so that's why I'm a pastor. Uh, <laughs> you know, people, uh, you, people always want to tell you that they, they don't know anything. They know nothing. Okay. Instead of confusion and defeat, I have direction and success. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct their paths. Amen? I mean, you don't have to get all, all, oh, oh God, what's your will? You know, I go on with life, and if I turn to the left or right hand, I'll hear a voice behind me. You know the reason people don't hear God? They don't walk anywhere. They don't go. Get on with life. Then you hear a voice behind you saying, hey, you're going wrong. You know, Moses tried it. <laughs> God, <laughs> the Egyptians are coming. He said, go forward. Is that all right? It's the way I put it. <laughs> Instead of disease and sickness, I have health. And strength. That's what I like. <laughs> the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Instead of weakness and inability, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen? You know, it's so easy. Um, instead of lack, I'm rich. 
with Christ. Don't lack anything. I find people, they're always in lack. They're always, uh, you know. Let me explain something to you. It just depends how you want to live. If you want to live miserable, there are plenty of people who want to join you. <laughs> people with a real gift for misery. I just love it, you know. Weep with them that weep. So they all get together. What are you going to do today? Oh, God. I'm such a worm. I want to get down in the gutter with them and they're in the gutter. Don't worry, you never got out the gutter. So you don't have to get down. You're in it. Oh, God. And, you know, they all get together for a pity me party. <laughs> My God lifted me up. A good God. I found salvation. Thank God he translated me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. People used to come and tell me, oh, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to watch out. Watch out, the devil's in your wardrobe. Don't open the door. No, it's not, it's a bank manager. Oh, you know, you know. <laughs> I live in his presence, in his power. In his abundant life, Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things, we are just about going to make it. We are more than... What's a more than a conqueror? What's more than a conqueror? Someone who's overcome all the power of the enemy and lives in the fullness of victory. Not someone, oh, I'm going through a hard time. Help me. More than a conqueror. Amen? Do you believe what God says about you? You're more than a conqueror? Cool. <laughs> Through him that loved us, not through myself, but through him. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Well, I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? Hey? Shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Amen. I mean, what a, what a gospel we got. Turn over. In conclusion. Colossians 1, 28, 29. Whom we preach, Jesus, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. You know, the gospel is what he does in me, not what I do. Uh, and it, it comes out in the uh, New Living Translation. So everywhere we go, we tell everyone about Christ. We warn them and teach them with all the wisdom of which God has given us. 
For we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. I work very hard at this as I depend on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Is that plain? Hey, it's God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's so simple. The gospel is great. And the devil's in trouble. Amen? Why? Because we're alive in God. The gates of hell won't prevail against the church of God. Why? Because we deal with the devil. We really do. You know what I do? I kick open the doors of hell to pluck sinners out. Devil has no power. Jesus has all power. The only power is when someone sets their will to go against God. And I'll tell you, a human will you will not bend. God gives man free will. Now he foreknows what you'll do. And in foreknowledge you're predestinated. And I'm a total Calvinist. As Calvin believed, not a hyper-Calvinist. And I'm an Arminian because Arminius believed Calvin. And Arminius actually taught the sovereignty of God. And he said that the institutes that Calvin wrote were the second only to the Bible. That's what Arminius said. But then you see, time goes on and ignorance pervades the church. And Are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? No, I'm a Christian. I'm a Calvinist, an Arminist. I believe both. Hey, I'm happy. God's in me. And I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And the power of God's always there when you preach the gospel. Wherever I go in the world, I tell them, now you'll see miracles. And then they look at me, I say, you see blind eyes open, you see cripples walking, you see cancers wither. And they look at me, is this a visitation of God? No, it's a visitation of the gospel. Preach the gospel, miracles always happen. If you aren't having miracles in your churches because you don't preach the gospel. That's the only reason. You might preach philosophy, but you're not preaching the gospel. You might preach Christian dogma and philosophy, but you're not preaching the gospel. When you preach the gospel, miracles are automatic. Remember, if you remember nothing else, Remember this, a miracle a day keeps the devil away. I believe in miracles. No miracles, no Jesus. And the way miracles happen and powers released is by the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen.